TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. You are now tuned in to this week's episode of our podcast. Today we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. And now, please welcome your host. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner, member of Knesset. Simcha Rothman joins us. He is with religious Zionists. He also is a lawyer. He is one that's behind judicial reform in Israel. Good morning to you in Israel. Thank you, member of Knesset Simcha Rothman. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Good morning to you. So, uh, first of all, it's nice to see you when you were in the United States. I saw you at the Mike Pompeo book signing from the Israeli Heritage Foundation, and I know you were at another event, so it's good to speak with you. So thank you for being part of our show uh, this morning in Israel. So what's happening? Because there's a lot of noise. People are upset with what's going on at such a rapid pace. So Tell us what your vision, what would you like to see being done in Israel? As far as judicial reform is concerned. So, of course, uh, to to explain all the judicial reform might take uh, a lot more time than we have. But I think that uh, what people should know is that Israeli uh, judiciary is uh, the the and the reform in the, judici- in the judiciary in Israel is basically uh, the first step in order to do anything that this government promised her voters and the public in Israel to do. You cannot fight terror if you don't fix the judiciary because the judiciary is canceling laws. By the way, not even laws that were passing by the right also, but, but, uh, but that were passed almost unanimously, um, uh, unanimously in the Knesset by 96 Knesset members to take away citizenship for, uh, um, um, uh, Israeli citizens that are involved in terror and getting salary from the Palestinian Authority. Uh, you, you can't uh, fight the rising houses, housing prices in Israel because the major decisions that would take the prices down were knocked down by the court. Again, the court basically uh, have all the authority to do it without any responsibility, without any accountability to the public. Uh, you cannot keep make sure that Israel... Uh, Jewish attributes stay at the stay at the same time at the same place because the court is ever uh, ever going to uh, um, uh, disrupt Israeli status quo, which is what keeps Israel uh, a, a Jewish state. So we need to reform the judiciary because the distance between the court and the Israeli public grown over the last thirty or forty years to to re- really uh, situations that. Uh, um, the majority of the public in Israel has lost trust in the court and its ability to do basically anything. So we need to make sure that the Israeli legislator, the Knesset, can legislate because today they can only legislate and and then wait for the court to cancel the legislation based on nothing. Israel does not have a constitution, so to cancel the laws just means the, the court, the judges, don't like it. We need to change the way we appoint our judges, because judges in Israel are self-appointed in a self-perpetuating way. They, we, know they appoint- the judges. we know there's a problem with the system, but what, but you're, what you're remedying, what are you looking to propose? It seems to be a whole change which you've gotten, you've and we'll talk about the fact that the left has been galvanized in Israel about it. 
but you'd like to, I think there's two basic premises. You want to change the way judges are selected, and you also want to have the Knesset on 61 votes be able to overturn a, a Supreme Court decision. Is that correct? That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, you, you have to change the way we select our judges. Today, Israeli judges are selected in a way that gives sitting Supreme Court justices basically veto power who will get in. So we have what we have in Israel is a, a parliament, the Knesset, which is checked and balanced. We have a, an executive, the Memshala, which is checked and balanced. And we have a court that is unchecked, unbalanced, very, very biased, and that needs to change. So we change the way we select our judges, and we make sure that the legislation that the Knesset says stays in place without the court being in, being able to interfere with it, again, because we don't have a constitution. We are not like the U.S. when the court can check the the laws based on the constitution when the law cancels, when the court in Israel cancels laws, it basically does it because it doesn't like the law, not because some uh, some substance in the constitution. Now, this I had asked this at a public gathering. I'll ask the question again. Aren't you moving too quickly? Because look at the fact that you've galvanized the left. We've rep- reported Ayo Barak is raising money in the United States. You have uh, so much money leaving Israel because of this aren't you moving to quick? Wouldn't it have been more prudent to enact some of these changes in a more meticulous, slower way than to do it the way it's being done, where you now have a very galvanized left? Somebody even mentioned that there's a poll that if that today the left might even have 64 votes if elections were to held today. Um, you, you know, don't count on don't count on polls when you had elections so soon, uh, so soon before. We had a very, very good poll. Uh, in, in uh, November 1st, when Israel had an elections. So, uh, the polls are very, uh, and some, and you must know that the, the, the polls that predicted, the pollsters that predicted the outcome of the elections in Israel, not like the one you quoted, are giving us the same exactly amount of uh, seats that we have today. Nothing has changed. So, uh, um, let's, let's put the polls to the side. The idea is that the claims that we are moving too fast, it's uh, not true. We are already at this point, even before uh, finishing the first level of of uh, legislation, we already have more time in the committee and discussions in the committee than passing the two basic laws of 1992 and, this, and the regular basic laws that was passed a year ago. We are investing a lot of time in passing them in a good way with good deliberations. The left is galvanizing against the government, not not against the reform. I have to remind you that even before the reform took place, or even that was announced, the prime minister then, Yair Lapid, used his position as a prime minister to tell the municipalities to not cooperate with the government. And it was based on the fact that Avi Maoz was selected to be a deputy minister. So the, the left is galvanizing because... He lost the election. It has nothing to do with the judicial reform or any other specific part in it. Not the vehicle that they're utilizing, because if it would just be against the government as one, here they have a vehicle which we have a lot of Israelis feel passionate about. You know that the Israelis are passionate. Even some of the modern Orthodox, like in Efrat, are up are upset about it. So here you have a situation where you have uh, the, the, the support. The support in the reform is skyrocketing. It has never been so high. Um, and the supporters of the government are 100% behind it. No one, no one, no one even looks to the side. 
the people who are in the opposition were a lot of people. Don't I don't think that I have to remind you that some people in Efrat have voted for parties that are now in the opposition. That uh, makes sense. Not it's not it's not uh, it's not something unheard of. It's not that it's a hundred percent supporters of the government, but within the supporters of the government, there is hundred percent support of the reforms. And also, like myself, I want to do it with as much support as it can be get in the Knesset. We are trying to get um, um, a very uh, uh, um, uh, people in the opposition that supported those exact reforms when they were in a different position. They supported it. We're trying to get them on board. But of course, we cannot let riots or, or definitely not defam defamation and incitement like we see in some of the the, the riots um, decide for for the state of Israel what we should do or what we shouldn't do. But you have a hundred thousand people demonstrating in Tel Aviv. You have demonstrations in Jerusalem. That's a lot of people. Don't uh, have... If I remember correctly, you had a lot of people in the streets of New York a few years ago. Did you think it should it, it should change policy, or did you did you think that it's a that it's a problem that people uh, go and riot on issues that have nothing to do with the real issues on on the, the with the policy? Um, it's it's the the fact that um, I myself participated over the years with much in much larger demonstration elected as elected the government should act according to its promises unlike different last government when uh, um the government and the and naftali bennett for example he was acting against the promise he gave to his voters this was on the table before the elections we, this is what was promised to our voters and to say that the left and and the opposition is uh, um demonstrating Okay, that's democracy. We we appreciate demonstration. People are a lot of people. In other words, what I'm saying to you is, listen, we're all Jews, right, left, center, no matter what we are. And the fact is, if you have so many people that are opposed, we aren't, isn't there a way to sit down, negotiate? There was talk about even doing 30, 60 days where nothing was going to happen so you can negotiate. What would it be so bad if there would be a 30-day moratorium where you were able to talk and no, nothing happens out of 30 days? Uh, if nothing is happening for 30 days, who will fight terror in those 30 days? Do you offer who will, who will fight the, house, the housing prices that are rising? It's uh, it's uh, um, Zev. There was never there can always be people who are demonstrating against a specific act of government. It's okay to stop and to and to prevent the majority of the decided that he wanted to have this judicial reform and to get to give away. Uh, um, this uh, important decision that in the coalition agreement took precedence. Now, of course, to sit and talk, no one, no one uh, is is uh, um, telling the opposition we don't want to sit with them. Unlike the situation when we were in the opposition last time, no one has talked to us. We are willing to sit and talk and negotiate and insert changes. They don't want to come. They want to block the ability of this government to rule. And that's so why, not you call, why you call the bluffs? Say, listen, for 30 days, we're not going to move anything. That's on. not called their bluffs. That's to give them what they want. They have. That's not called their bluff. Called their bluff is what we did. That That's what we did last week when the president asked for us to postpone a certain legislation for a week. And he said, if you will do it, they will come and sit. We postponed it. They did not come. We already called their bluff 
few times. And the fact that every time we're calling their bluff, the demands by the opposition just goes up and rising. Now you said 30 or 60 days. And when we stop for 60, 30 and 60 days, they will say for a year. We already called their bluff many, many times. Whenever they want to sit and talk, they're more than, we will be more than happy to come and sit with them. I answered the president call. Yariv Levin answered the president call. And we're will hope, really hoping that there will be responsible opposition leaders that want to come and sit and talk, demanding a, a full stop of a government action. That's not democratic and that's not the way to, to show goodwill. Our guest is, M- he speaks with passion, M.K. Simcha Rothman. Uh, he's with Religious Zionists. He's the one behind spearheading judicial reform. In fact, uh, he's hoping to write a constitution for the state of Israel. We'll talk about that as well. When we come back, we're looking at the, what's happening in Israel as far as I think this issue, which is certainly passionate on all sides. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay t- listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. We're back. Mem K. Simcoe just here just for a few minutes longer. So let me ask you, Minister, you're, one of the propositions is, is that 61 votes can overturn the Supreme Court decision. Can't, don't you run the risk that when labor or the left or the or, or centrist parties will come in that they can overchange and change the rules 61 is not a low threshold um that's the this, today in israel that's the, the you can change everything in in with 61 uh, votes that's the rule today i'm not changing it and one might think that in uh, you might adopt a more robust constitution like in the us but most english speaking countries and most system like us do not have it most uh, most the countries that around canada you have a regular override you don't even need 61 in britain and in new zealand you don't even the court cannot even cancel laws whatsoever and in in some some places like it, you don't have the court able to cancel laws at all, or you can override them in a simple majority, or you can change the constitution uh, in a simple majority or something like it. So it's not, uh, the U.S. is quite um, unique in that in that sense, with the idea of the court getting getting its power from the constitution. In Israel, that's not the case. And again, that's the case in Canada, in Britain, in New Zealand, and the like. Um, well, I'm concerned that the next time there's a labor government coming into power, they can overturn yeah, it. Yeah, but, but that nothing... The situation today is like that, that if next time labor government will go, the court will never block them anyway. It's not the, the court in Israel is very biased and it doesn't really matter because the left, when the left in power, the court basically allows him to do whatever he wants. Uh, we saw it during the disengagement. We saw it in many other uh, situation in the past, uh, the court, believe it or not, closed the radio station affiliated with the right and because because it's uh, even though the 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 Knesset the Parliament gave it the ability to operate, so to I say that what will what Arutseva of course so to say to say what will happen when the left is in power, I believe that in a parliamentarian system and especially with a coalition system like in Israel, we are not one party system. The inner balance and checks and balances that have from our political system makes our parliament and our executive weaker in comparison to what you have in the U.S. when the president can operate 
solely on its own agenda. The Congress can operate solely on its own agenda without the need of having a coalition. In Israel, the inner checks and balances are strong enough to protect from most of the issues that you might fear of. But the, the problem is that the court cancels right-wing uh, um, policy all the time and allows left-wing policy all the time. Last question. Since this has been made into an issue in Israel, a lot of money has been flowing out of Israel. A lot of investment money is not going to be going to Israel. It could be in the millions of dollars. Are you concerned about the loss of these funds, which are debt, which are beneficial to Israel? It could be doing more damage than BDS is doing if all these funds don't flow into Israel. So uh, economy in Israel and, and experts in economy said that's not true. There, there were some people for political reason pulling their uh, investment. That's a BDS campaign run by Yair Lapid, which is very sad. But um, in, as, as it's the case in free market and free economy, whenever someone sells, someone else is buying. And the economy in Israel is strong and is uh, supported by Israeli startup companies, is supported by uh, the Israeli uh, unique uh, uh, abilities in agriculture and everything. So if someone takes away his money, it's his loss. Someone else buys and gets the benefits. MK, we're going to have to have you back to have more discussion. Thank you for being with us. I know you have a busy schedule. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And there he is, MK Simcoe Rothman here on the TalkLine Network. Be sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. Hey, this is Alan Dershowitz um, inviting you to tune in to The Dersh Show. The Dersh Show, where we discuss the most important issues of the day. You know, The Dersh Show, all that's missing is the wits. And that's what I need you for, to provide the wits. We broadcast Monday through Thursday evenings at 11 p.m., courtesy of Rumble on WVIP. P ninety three point five FM HD two Talkline Network dot com and our twenty four hour listening line at six four one seven nine three oh three eight two. Please join us on the Dirt Show to really get a grasp of what's going on in our world today, and you'll hear it directly from me through my lens, which you know is always gonna be your lens. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. For continuous Jewish programs, TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us.